0: Hey everyone, welcome to the iHeart Podcast. My name is Jonathan North, and today, iHeart Classic Cinema. Today's guest is someone brand new to the show, Chelsea Robson, one of the co hosts of the Rotoscopers Podcast, the show that is indirectly or maybe even kind of directly responsible for this podcast and probably like 75% of everything I now do online. For those who may not know the story, the TLDR version is I discovered the Rotoscopers Podcast back in, I think it was 2013, and by 2015 I was writing for their website. This led me to meeting Rachel Wagner, who encouraged me to finally start my own YouTube channel in 2017, which eventually led me to starting this show. I invited Chelsea to join me and to suggest a movie that she wanted to talk about. I sort of expected her to recommend an animated film, since that is the topic of her show and most of what she reviews on the Rosecopers YouTube channel, but to my surprise, she suggested the 1954 Audrey Hepburn film, Sabrina. I'd never seen the movie before, so I had no idea what to expect. I do love discovering new movies though, so I was glad to have something completely different sprung on me. Like I do with all new guests, Chelsea and I did a Q&A in addition to the movie discussion. I decided to mix it up a little more than usual this time, so we did some introductory questions at the beginning, then we did the movie review, and then the regular movie entertainment Q&A at the end. Anyway, I think that's all I have for an intro, let's get on with this episode of the iHeart Podcast talking all about Sabrina with Chelsea Robson. Thanks for joining me. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Since you've never done my podcast before, let's do a little Q&A. I'll do a couple at the beginning and then we'll do the rest at the end. So at the beginning, let's just get to know you a little bit. Can you tell us about yourself, like work, pets, hobbies, etc.?
1: Sure. My name is Chelsea Robson, and I am a singer. That's what I do for work. I go around and I do a lot of private events, corporate events, and then I also am starting to do a lot more recording of my own songs, which is a lot of fun. I've got a couple, a new single that's going to be dropping in the next month or so, so I'm excited about that. As far as pets go, I have one dog, and she just hangs out by my side all the time. It's great. And hobbies is I don't know. I mean just like I really love like business and like creating and doing a whole bunch of fun th- stuff. So that's what I'm always up to.
0: I think your YouTube channel can probably count as a hobby too.
1: That's true. Yeah. So I do with my YouTube I I do a lot of of just music. So basically everything in my life right now revolves around music. So
0: okay so today i wanted to know if there was any movies that you would like to talk about and you chose the movie sabrina so can you tell us a little bit about the film and why you chose it
1: yeah so the when you asked me the like as a as a movie that i would really like to watch that well let's back up you first found out about me through the rotoscopers podcast correct yes Okay, so the rotoscopers for anybody who doesn't know we did a lot of it's on hiatus right now But what we did is we we covered all things animation. So Disney Dreamworks Pixar all of that And so I have talked a lot about animated films And so when you first started asking me I thought like my mind automatically went to that But then I was thinking well if I could talk about just anything, what would it be and classic movies? Just classic movies that have a lot of really really good replay value for me are up there, and so I went back into my vault as far as like what well, would be a movie that I would just love to watch again just for the sake of watching again and This was just one of those movies that popped into my head. It was origi- the first time I ever watched it it was uh, with me and a girlfriend of mine, and then my brother was with us, and we were just sitting and watching it in my house and He got, I was so annoyed by him because he would, he just started like making fun of it and everything. we are like, no, I'm into this. (laughs) So that was one of those moments that I was like, you are no longer allowed to be here. Get out. (laughs) Um, So it just has a funny memory attached to it like that. But also I am a huge fan of Audrey Hepburn. I think she is so classy. I just love to watch her. I just think it's so great. And so that's kind of why I decided to, to pick this one because she just has, she's such a interesting person outside of the films, but as well as this movie just has so many like huge characters and stars in it that were amongst the most famous actors of the time. Mm-hmm. So that's why I chose it.
0: Okay. Yeah. I had never seen this movie I'm not exactly sure if I've even seen an Audrey Hepburn film. I, uh, I, I know who she is of course, but I guess I haven't watched a whole lot of old movies that my mom or anyone I was related to didn't watch. Okay. So most of our old movies were old Disney movies or like Shirley Temple movies. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't I really, have,
1: I have a fair share of those as well.
0: <laughs> of course. So I, I haven't really seen a lot of the ones that people would deem to be classics like this one. So this was a new experience for me and for a lot of it I wasn't I wasn't really sure how I should feel about it because I couldn't really tell who was telling the truth for the <laughs> for most of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't sure who I should be trusting here.
1: Right.
0: I think I might like it better on a second viewing.
1: I think you probably would um, because yeah, that it had been several years since I'd seen it and they did do a remake of it, but it wasn't nearly as good. Like uh, without Audrey Hepburn, it just isn't the same. Um, mm-hmm. But this, it, I don't know. She just has such a poise about her that I love. And yeah, you, I mean, you have some of your, the biggest stars in this. It's just incredible. Yeah, I totally get it because you know at first you're like Humphrey Bogart's character, you're just like, "What is this true? What is he doing? I don't understand." And then you got William Holden's character, you know David, who's just like, he's the guy that just is such a cat. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, I I totally get it because as I was watching it this time, I had forgotten details of the plot, and so I was like, "Wait, is..." Is he actually into her or not? I don't remember. What's going on? And then I was like, oh, okay. I get it.
0: So. Yeah, I was talking to my cousins about this one. And I, I mentioned that I was kind of hoping that she wasn't going to end up with anybody. <laughs> <I was> hoping <laughs> they were going to subvert everyone's expectations and have her leave without getting together with anybody. And they were telling me there's another one. I think they said it's called Roman Holiday, where that actually happens yes that I should be I should watch that one if I wanted that to happen
1: <laughs> yes, so um, I would love to talk a little bit about her for a second okay um so Roman Holiday was her biggest film, like it was the film that really set her career off. She had done a lot of plays before that, um, smaller parts. She had like a commercial of some kind. And then she was in the play Gigi on Broadway. And then from there, somebody saw her and ended up, you know, casting her for Roman holiday. And at first she was going to be just one of like as a, and introducing type character with like her name being, very small after the title and it was just going to be focused on the actor who I can't remember at the moment who was at the top and he ended up saying hey she's gonna be a big star and if you don't give her equal billing as I do then I'm just gonna look like a big jerk (laughs) so Mm -hmm. please give her big billing and so that's what happened and she just ended up just catapulting from there Um, what was so interesting is she actually grew up in europe during world war ii and her history is just it's just so fascinating and a lot of i actually because of this i decided to get one of the biographies about her that talked about her as just being the dutch girl so before she was you know an actress she was actually she had been part of uh during the german occupation of her town she saw so many horrendous things and she said I was reading on her Wikipedia article that just said she was one time she was watching as they were loading children onto a a barge to be able to take to a concentration camp and she said she noted I was a child watching a child and knowing what was happening and it just changed her forever and Mm. that whole situation she was just changed her completely. And I was like, wow, it's just incredible. She's like, whatever you heard about the German occupation at the time, it is probably true, if not worse. She just saw, she said multiple times we saw these things happen and horrendous things happen in front of our eyes. And so once the German occupation was done, they were able to leave and she wanted to be a prima ballerina. But because of her time in the war, she had been, uh, malnourished and had anemia and a couple other things, and so because of her of her state um, health wise, the director told her that she would never be a prima ballerina just because she didn't have the strength to be able to do it. And so from there, she dropped ballet ballet and decided to go more full in into acting. And so in Roman Holiday, that was her first. Appearance in film, in a film like this specifically. Mm-hmm. And she was nominated for Best Actress for the Academy Award and the, and she won the BAFTA. No, she, she won for the Academy Award as well. So she won the BAFTA, the Academy Award, and she's one of like only a couple leading actresses to have ever done that in the same year for the same performance. Mm-hmm. So... It was huge. And then equally, she ends up going on and winning a Tony for Best Performance as a Leading Actress in a Play the same in 1954, the same year as that. So it's just, it's just so amazing, <laughs> the awards that she got just for Roman Holiday. Yeah, so then after that, she was picked up by a couple other, but this one was her next really big film. And it was—it's kind of like a Cinderella story, I guess. Just the fact that she's the the daughter of one of the uh, of one of the servants, and you know, making Mm -hmm. her way up in the where in the world. And it's just some of the writing in it is just so cool. I really liked it. So, yeah. So she ends up. Most people know her for Roman Holiday, Breakfast at Tiffany's, or on play as Eliza Doolittle, or not not in the play. She was. Cast instead of Julie Andrews for Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady, um, which was a huge upset, and everyone was like, What? But it worked out for Julie Andrews. She ended up winning Mm -hmm. the Academy Award for Mary Poppins that same year. So it was fine. (laughs) Yeah. But just Audrey Hepburn, one of my favorites. So
0: yeah, she sounds more interesting than I ever knew about
1: but this is why I'm telling you about her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm kind of interested now. I will probably end up watching some more of her work. Like I said I wasn't I didn't feel like I loved this movie, but I was completely into it the entire time. Like okay. I was I was really engaged in what was going on and wondering what was going to become of her. I, was, I wasn't I was sure if anyone was lying to her. That's like I was saying, I was hoping she wasn't going to end up with anybody. So I was actively rooting for her the entire time. I just wasn't completely sure how I should be rooting for her.
1: Right. Good. Yeah. I, I feel like that was how I felt the first time I watched it too. I was just so engaged and I couldn't look away. And I was like, man, you're just, I don't, what's going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the characterization of all of the, all of the people that she, her her dad works with. So all of the servants, plus all of the rich people, they all had such caricatures of people. And it's just, I, I just really loved it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that surprised me about this movie was I wasn't expecting the specific brand of humor that it ended up having. Uh-huh. Like, I was expecting, I don't know, maybe like a cute romantic comedy, but then like right at the beginning, she's going to kill herself. (laughs) Right. (laughs) She's upset about this guy, David, who uh, she loves. He doesn't even notice her. He's the son of her father's employer. And she decides that since he's going off with somebody else, she can't bear the... (laughs) i don't know the tragedy of everything and she's going to kill herself by breathing in car fumes all night (laughs) and there was so many little details around the scene that i was like is this supposed to be funny i was (laughs) like am i supposed to laugh at this because it was funny but she was trying to kill herself (laughs) right (laughs) yeah
1: when i first as i was watching it this time i just kept thinking well that escalated quickly
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's a good way of putting it 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 was it was a weird scene there's so many little humorous details and yet there's a suicide going on
1: (laughs) yeah well and then when when linus comes in so humphrey bogart like i just love humphrey Bogart. he's so there's no reason not to love him. He's one of, he is the number one most iconic actor of the time. And there's a reason for it. He's just really good, but it's interesting when he comes in and he sees her here in this, in this predicament. And he's like, what in the world are you doing? And you can really just tell the age difference at the time. Like Mm -hmm. he's scolding her and she's just this little waif thing, you know, just, like who is this little girl and totally tells that there's a difference in age and in confidence level. And it really does a good job of keeping the difference of before her Paris and after her Paris time.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I wasn't, that was another thing that I wasn't sure what to make of with the age differences of the characters because she's like head over heels in love with David but i was like how how much is their age difference and that doesn't always matter but she had made it clear that she had loved him since she was a little kid so she'd known him i was presuming as either a much older teenager or as an adult which just feels weirder than like somebody who's 20 meeting somebody who's 30 later in life
1: yeah Well, and she does let it know, like, as far as when she first fell in love with David, she said she was like nine years old or something. And because he came over and kissed her. So I was thinking they're probably maybe just a couple years apart, he and David. Mm -hmm. And then maybe Linus is like five years older than David. Who knows? So it's like. In my my head and heart, I'd like to keep it under a 10-year difference. (laughs) But, I mean, the actual ages of Humphrey Bogart and Audrey Hepburn were definitely not that close.
0: Mm But that's fine. I wasn't sure if they were, like, you know how in movies and TV, everybody always plays somebody way younger than they are. So I wasn't sure if I was just misinterpreting what they were intending for their ages to be or if there was an actual giant age gap.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't know. But it worked out for me.
0: Yeah. By the end, I I didn't care as much, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think because when she comes back, she is just so totally aware of her stance. Like just she just has so much more confidence. And I think the confidence level is really what Mm -hmm. what levels the playing field at this point.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: I find it interesting how the dads His whole heart is saying, don't reach for the moon, you know, stay low, stay low. Don't, don't be Mm -hmm. doing that. And then she's like, I can't help it, father. The moon is reaching for me. I was like, aw, (laughs) that's cute.
0: (laughs) So like you mentioned, she comes back, she's off, she's gone off to school. She comes back like a completely different person. And she meets the object of her affections again. He doesn't even recognize her, which I thought was kind of ironically funny. She's spent all this time pining over him and he still basically has no idea who she is.
1: Well, he's just so into himself. Like you just uh-huh. he's been married 3 times. He's just such a a louse. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're just like, "Oh, dude, you got to be kidding me." But obviously like everybody else knows who she is and uh-huh. it, it's just him. Like it kind of just goes to show how Bad of a person he is, I wouldn't call him a bad person. He just is the type that does not want to grow
0: up. So Mm, that's a good way of looking at him. I I kept thinking, like, what does she see in him? Yeah, (laughs) he's 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 just. It's like he's really selfish without understanding that he's selfish.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he's a good-looking boy, so you know, and especially for her to have fallen in love with him. You know quote unquote as a child, you, you know love is blind, but the neighbors ain't so <laughs>
0: mm. yeah, so he's he's now engaged, but now he's kind of like actively pursuing her. He invites her to a party and they like dance together, and everything's going well, and then he's like inviting her to sneak off with him, and he ends up sitting on champagne glasses <laughs> and getting his rear end full of glass
1: bits.
0: (laughs) And that was another thing I wasn't expecting, a whole bunch of like butt jokes.
1: (laughs) The plastic. It
0: was almost almost tasteful butt jokes because they never like say what they're talking about. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Making allusions to what happened to him.
1: (laughs) Well and then the plastic, having that be this running gag. Throughout oh, the yeah. film was probably my favorite because every time it's like, all right, ladies, jump on this plastic thing. Let's do the weight test. And you have all these like secretaries jumping on it and like bouncing. And then later on, he's showing it to the to the businessmen, and they're all bouncing. <laughs> Just visually, so so appealing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then making that hammock thing with a giant hole for his rear end to hang out of, out of this magical sugar plastic. <laughs> yeah. Is there ever actually plastic made out of sugar or did they just invent that for this movie?
1: I'm sure that they just invented it for this movie. But one <laughs> thing I really appreciate about it is there's this whole little rant that Linus goes on and it's basically a positive view of like capitalism that you really just don't get in movies these days. It's like he's like it's not about money. It's money's just the byproduct and it's just like ah and I was like ah oh. Good man, I like you. (laughs) I'm just I've always been a fan of of business and capitalism in the way that it's like it's a it's a good thing that everybody's able to go out and just make their own business and Mm -hmm. do their own thing and have a good time with with it. And so I just I really appreciated that. And then just his his whole side, it's like he's not the rich dude in the tower. And you can tell that, like, he's not thinking about the money. He's not thinking about that. He's just, he wants to do something great. And he wants to, you know, progress, have progression throughout his, everything that he touches. And while you look at David, who's the opposite, he does not want progression at all. He just wants to stay in his little circle. Mm -hmm. And so you have those two wheels kind of going against the grain on that. You can see the minds moving, and I just appreciated that as well.
0: Yeah. So this whole thing with him getting a whole bunch of glass stuck in him leads to Linus pursuing Sabrina instead. But this is where all my confusion came in, because I wasn't sure of his exact motivations for this, because he tells David that he's doing it for him because his father does not like the idea of him going off with somebody else because he is engaged to someone else. But he tells his father that he's doing it to get rid of Sabrina. But then to Sabrina, it seems like he's doing this because he actually likes her.
1: Right. And I um, think the lines got blurred for him too.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of figured that out more towards the end, but through the most of the movie, I was like, well, which which of the three people is he lying to, and who's he truth <laughs> to? I'm not sure if they did it that way on purpose or not, but that's how it ended up being for me.
1: He's lying to himself the whole time.
0: Yeah, kinda. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you know, it's that part where he walks into the tennis court. Well, first off, the, the fact that she's basically like quoting exactly david's moves it's like oh my gosh what a cad (laughs) he's just such a bad guy as far as like a player total Mm -hmm. player and for linus to come into the tennis court and to have his little it's all in the family right and it's like what the
0: (laughs) yeah that was such a weird line yeah (laughs) it really was two or three times
1: but at the same time it was like kind of a good line for him just because it's like, whoa, hello. <laughs> she was not expecting that first off, but at the same time he he has the line, he does it so well that it's like, okay.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah.
1: My favorite part is when they go in well, maybe not my favorite part, but a part that I like. And the fact that they play the we yes, we have no bananas into the score of this film like it introduces it i was like that's cute i like it yes we have no bananas
0: (laughs) was there any significance to that song or was that just something that was popular around that time i believe
1: it was just popular at that time
0: okay yeah i didn't know if like someone who was in the movie sang that song and they wanted to use it or if it was just because i know it was a popular song at one point but i didn't know exactly what the timeline was on that it seemed like a a strange inclusion but i liked it and i did i really liked that it kept showing up as a bit of the score
1: Uh uh-huh it just kind of humanized him i think like and and this part i got really confused at because when he talks about no man walks alone by choice like he never really goes into the woman that he lost or his story to the point where you don't really know if, did he actually lose someone or mm-hmm. is that just made up? I don't know. And you kind of get the feeling that it it is true, but then later on you're like, she brings it up again. And he was like, wait, what? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like as though he had made, he made it up or something. And so I was really confused at that point. But I kind of like the idea that it wasn't made up, that he Mm -hmm. did have this scandal, and it just turned him sour.
0: I kind of assumed that it was true, because, like, I wasn't sure at, at first, but, like, by the end, when you find out that he was actually telling her the truth, I thought maybe he was telling the truth about that, too, because, like, if he really did like her, then why would he lie? Right. So... I guess you don't know because at that point he was still lying to himself like you said so maybe he was making it up but i still i still felt like he wasn't completely lying about everything i felt like he was giving like an actual backstory for himself
1: yeah and i like it so we'll go with it
0: (laughs) (laughs) so somewhere in here they start making plans to go to paris but this is another thing that I was, I could not figure out who was lying to who because he's acting like they're going together, but he's telling her dad that he's sending her by herself. And I was also wondering like, why would her dad be okay with this?
1: Yeah, that was weird to me too. But I think he, the whole time he was just like, I don't want her to be involved with any of you people because as he says, there's a, there's a passenger and there's a driver and a window window in between. And Mm -hmm. so he just he would like her to leave and not be in this whole thing but at the same time i would i feel like as a father you'd be like what are you doing to my daughter stop
0: mm-hmm. yeah it just it seemed kind of odd to me i agree so then he's also he's acting like the the plan is to just basically get rid of her because he tells i mean i think he tells both his dad and david that he's sending her alone But then like later he's acting like David can go and it's I was I was just very confused about everyone what what he was thinking with this whole going to Paris plan.
1: It seems to me like his original intention was just to send her to Paris to get her to somehow just get her out of the situation because he really wasn't planning on falling for her. But then as he started to fall for her. He wanted to think of what was best for her and didn't want her to be alone. And so she thought, well, she loves David. So, okay, David, I'll let this whole thing happen because you seem to have some type of of affection for her as well. And Mm -hmm. then as David comes around, which I'm glad that David finally comes around because the girl he's got is like girlfriend. She is on the ball. I like her. Yeah. And... So for her to, for him to just like ba- like back out on, on this girl that he's engaged to, it's like, "Oh man." But for now, Linus gets to, gets to realize that no, he was in love with her, and so he should just go.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was another thing that was kind of bugging me, was like he started talking like he was going to leave his fiance for Sabrina but then he's not telling his fiance anything that's going on and she's right. still operating like she's working on getting the wedding together i was like why, why why aren't you why are you pursuing sabrina and stringing her along if you have no intention of marrying her yeah i mean i'm glad it worked out but i hope he comes clean sometime in the future
1: <laughs> for his own sake
0: this is not something that you should be hiding <laughs>
1: yeah not so much <laughs> but the i mean she's i don't know if i were her i wouldn't be going for david either just because i'm like dude doesn't know what he wants
0: <laughs> yeah but that's maybe how she'll
1: understand. she'll whip him into shape
0: <laughs> well by the end he seems to be sort of on his way to becoming a better person so maybe he is i hope for her sake
1: <laughs> <laughs> for everyone's sake
0: yeah so then towards the end he finally linus finally starts i guess the, he was telling he's now telling the truth but it was i was also wondering like is he throwing a new wrinkle into this like telling another lie but he was basically coming clean about he was not planning to go to paris with her He was planning to keep her from going with David. He basically they were planning to get rid of her, and he basically tells her that she can go to Paris by herself. And I think that she was planning on doing so because, like at this point, she realizes that uh, I guess nobody loves her. I'm not sure exactly what she was thinking here. I. That's another thing. That's what
1: I would have gotten out of it.
0: Yeah, I think there's another thing that I will have more clarity on if I watch it a second time. (laughs) One of those things that now that I know more about where the story is going, I will understand better. But basically, after all this unfolds, his new plan is to let David go after her. So he's planning on throwing off his whole deal because the whole thing with the sugar plastic was if he marries this woman, their companies can merge like some kind of medieval <laughs> our jo-
1: we shall join our lands
0: <laughs> so basically he's going to throw off this whole plastic deal by announcing i guess that they're no longer engaged even though i guess david doesn't even know about this announcement and then i guess canceling the merger or whatever was going on but Somehow, in here, David figures out what's going on and turns everything around on him and makes it clear that he's planning on getting married to the person who he's been engaged to all along, and gets Linus to admit that he actually likes Sabrina. So basically, Linus is now given free reign to chase Sabrina catch her boat before she's gone forever and she is being driven to the boat by her dad and she's telling him that she's finally over david and like she now is wondering how she's going to get over getting over david
1: <laughs> right and one of my favorite lines from that moment was the dad said nobody poor ever was ever called democratic for marrying somebody rich and it was like "Ooh, ouch I mean, but it's true.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: I was like, man. I really liked the lines. They had a couple of different lines that were just like, that one was good.
0: Yeah, that's, that's like I said, I, even though I wasn't sure how I liked the movie as a whole because of not being able to figure out what everyone was thinking, it was still really well written and enough that I was completely engaged to the whole thing. Just the lines. Like, everything was written so well. Mm-hmm. So basically in the end she's leaving, I guess assuming that she's leaving by herself but Linus catches the boat in time and, and the the very final scene is him finding her on the boat and they're hugging. I guess she's realizing that oh, he must actually like me even though the last thing that she'd gotten out of their conversation was he didn't like her. She's... I, I guess forgives him for that because they hug and that's the end.
1: I mean, it is kind of a gallant thing, though,
0: mm-hmm. just to,
1: to show up and be like, "Actually, I'm here." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. I, feel I like- mean, in reality, I'd be like, um "So what? What's happened here? How do I? How do I trust you?" I mean, I have trust issues, so you know, I would go into that, but. um, at that point, you still just wanna believe it and just go with it. It's like oh
0: mm-hmm. i th- i was I was just gonna say that's just like I feel like one little scene with a conversation of explanation, but I don't know that maybe that's too much for a movie like that it would it would since this is like the grand finale thing, it would kind of slow slow the finale down if they
1: <laughs> exactly an
0: explanation <laughs> before the end.
1: I really and so when it happened I was just like I'm involved. I'm I'm glad that they ended up together cuz it's like you realize that he was just lying to himself the whole time and he really did love her and and you liked them together and I was like you're so much better of a person than David.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Even though
1: you started out lying to her like is is much more of an adult which is nice.
0: Mhm. That that's that's another thing like even though I was kind of not sure how to feel about the whole age difference thing, they, I couldn't deny that she had chemistry with even with both of them, even though it was obvious that David was not right for her. She did have chemistry with him, but then yeah. they also, she also worked really well with Linus as well. So I was, I I kind of got over the whole age difference thing, especially with Linus because My main thing with David was the fact that the way she talked, they had known each other since they were kids. And I'm I'm sure she was aware of Linus when she was younger, but he probably would have no idea who she even was. So the age difference thing seemed a little less important, even though they were further apart than her and David, it seemed less important with her and Linus. (laughs) Just the fact that she didn't know him, he didn't know her, it felt less weird, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I can see that. I mean, if if she and David were closer together, as in their childhood years, then that means that, you know, if she were nine and David were like, ten, eleven, twelve, somewhere in there, then Linus is probably going to be in his, in like high school, going into college. So he mm-hmm. probably doesn't know her, like, know of her, and like, oh yeah, the daughter of of our, of our guy. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, it all worked out. I was I was glad for how it ended and I was glad that I finally was able to understand <laughs> who was who <laughs> who was actually telling the truth. Like yeah, like I said, I think I'll enjoy this on the second viewing more than I did on the first viewing cuz most of the time I was just like the wheels were too t- too busy turning like now who is who is being truthful in this in this scene.
1: <laughs> right. So in the end did you end up liking the movie?
0: Yes. Yeah, I did. Um I really liked the characters. I I I liked the light, the writing. There was like you said there were so many good lines. Overall it was a good movie. It just one that took me a while to figure out what was going on before I decided whether or not I liked it enough for a second viewing, which I do.
1: Good. I'm glad to hear that. There's replay value.
0: Yes. Yes, that's like one of my most important things for movies. Like, doesn't have replay value. Yeah. Because if I watch a movie and I know it's good, but I don't have any desire to watch it again, it doesn't feel like a good movie to me, even if I know that technically it was good.
1: <laughs> right.
0: So is this one of your favorite Audrey Hepburn movies, or did you have one that you liked more?
1: Yes. So as far as an Audrey Hepburn movie, I think... I mean, you really can't go wrong with My Fair Lady, Um, but I do like this one more than I do like Breakfast at Tiffany's. I just feel like I just like the story better, I guess. Um, And she always plays these kind of like almost rags to riches types. I really like My Fair Lady, but at the same time, I think I just like this one as a movie better, I think.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now that you're mentioning My Fair Lady, I think I actually have seen that one, but I was really young and I don't remember much beyond a couple lines of the music. Mm -hmm. But so I have seen an Audrey Hepburn movie before. It's just been so long that I don't really remember much of it.
1: Yeah. Well, I would recommend looking that one up too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I might have to do that. That's like, I would, since I'm doing it, Holiday was good too. It was fun. Yeah, one of the things I want to do with this podcast is discover more movies, more old movies, more things that, like, people say that everyone should see this movie, and I've never seen this movie. <laughs> so, it's, Perfect. I like that this podcast gives me an excuse to branch out in what I normally watch.
1: Good. Yeah, that was something um, that I've always enjoyed about doing discussion podcasts, because you're like, yeah, huh, I get to hear what other people think, too.
0: Mm-hmm. And discover new things. That's that's one thing that I really liked about the Road Discoverers podcast was finding out about different movies that I've never heard of this. I need to find a copy of this and watch this.
1: Good, I'm glad.
0: So I guess before we finish up, we could do a little Q&A segment. I like to ask new guests about their favorite movies, TV shows, etc., just to get to know them a little bit better. Okay. So my the first question is like the main question. What is your favorite movie?
1: See, I can't decide on this because there are so many that have great replay value for mm-hmm. me. And I could give you like, I would say that my favorite genre of movie right now, I'm really digging on the Marvel movies. I'm, okay. I'm really digging on those and then on the other side other end it's like romantic comedies (laughs) so like those are my my two go-to's right at this point in time
0: okay yeah i have the same problem i have too many movies that i would say are my favorites i don't like picking a favorite i always tell people that my favorite is fantasia just because everybody likes a one a one title answer right but I have so many that I like for so many different reasons that it's hard to quantify which one is better than the others. True. So then do you have a favorite TV show is, or is that one that's also too hard to pick?
1: Um, The Simpsons seasons one through about 12. Well, no <laughs> okay. seasons about two to 12.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Everybody always talks about early Simpsons and being way better than what today's is. I've, actually never watched the simpsons other than maybe an episode here or there
1: you should definitely check out the earlier seasons i honestly just i kind of just stopped watching after season 12 uh because the quality did kind of go down at that time i did hear that it went back up a little later but i just haven't been able to get into it since then
0: Mm -hmm. it's one of those shows that if i'm gonna watch it now it's like a massive commitment because there's so many seasons and it's like this is one of the biggest commitments like i have commitment issues with shows that are like well there's like five or six seasons how am i going to get through all this but the simpsons what is it like 20 30 now it's
1: yeah something like that high
0: number but
1: the thing is i don't ever feel the need for the simpsons one of the things that with only a couple exceptions it always ends with no change having happened Mm -hmm. to the family. So you could pick up on any episode during those first seasons and everything is going to be like, you don't need to have seen any of the first seasons to know, you know, to build on anything. It's just situational comedy at its Mm -hmm. best.
0: Basically like a Looney Tunes cartoon.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I would say that and Seinfeld as well. (laughs) Like they don't, they don't really go back on, too many previous episodes like it's not like a Arrested Development which I also love um, but Arrested Development they go back on and it builds every episode has more inside jokes because you watched previous episodes but for Simpsons it's not it's just you just sit down you watch a couple episodes and you're good
0: okay so the next one is favorite book or book series
1: um this one's hard for me too I've I have, you know, there's the Harry Potter's, there's the Twilights, there's the the big ones that people are always like excited about, um, or the majority of our generation knows about. But in general, what makes me pick up a book is going to be more of like self help books. So okay. I end up, I end up reading a lot of leadership type development books. Um, one of my favorites was. Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull. It's probably the best book I've ever read on on organizational leadership and, you know, just kind of development of stories.
0: Yeah, I, I need to find a copy of that book because between you guys reading it on the rotoscopers and then Rachel telling me about it and then having it on her podcast, it's like this book is something that I need to read.
1: Yeah, it really is. But I also there's if you're gonna go outside of movies and something that should be made into a mini-series, more or less. There's a book called Wild Swans. Actually, Morgan turned me on to it. Morgan is my co-host for the Rotoscopers. Uh, She told me about it. It's called Wild Swans, and it's a woman telling the story of her... It's a memoir telling her story, having lived in China, during, starting in imperialist China, moving all the way up through Mao, and when Mao died and it just it's incredible the just the history that's in it and just how it's all put together it's just an incredible read so that's one that i would recommend as well if you're looking for more of a biography but something that's seems like it should be a movie or a mini series
0: okay i don't think i've heard of that one so then this one will be closer to what you're in with your music and everything but do you have a favorite musician or maybe a favorite genre of music?
1: A favorite genre? See, that's been one of my problems of my life is I have so many interests that it's hard for me to really pinpoint one. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'll say that the genres that have had the most influence on me as a person and on my musical tastes. um, I grew up performing with my family at a Western dinner theater that was owned by my parents. And so I, western songs which are totally not part of our generation (laughs) but Mm -hmm. like it was part of my growing up and so those are a huge part and then you add disney and broadway type (laughs) songs and then you add like i've i really like spanish and brazilian music so it's like (laughs) it really just goes all around so it's hard for me to pick one but as far as right now, I'm definitely leaning more into like the music that I plan on producing right now is definitely more on the pop side. And it has a feel for basically what's happening right now. So it's happy, it's encouraging, and it's something that everybody can can listen to.
0: Okay. Yeah. That, I'm looking forward to seeing what else you come up with. I've been I've. I think I've been more drawn to your Western type music because I kind of grew up with that too. Because yeah. my, my that was my dad's favorite genre of music was bluegrass. We'd uh-huh. always play like old country music. Like we'd have Sunday dinner and there would be the Sons of the San Joaquin in the background. Nice. <laughs> It'd be like
1: I. I understand.
0: <laughs> that's like, it's not one of my total favorite genres, but. It's like childhood for me, I guess. So I've I've really enjoyed the kind of music that you've been doing.
1: Thanks. I have like another album that I have been trying to make for the last couple of years that's all Western music and the songs that I grew up singing. But the reason why I've kind of put that on hold right now is more just it's not very monetization, like the monetization is not very high on that. (laughs) So it's like i'd i'd sell like five or six albums but outside of that it's really not um once i have a a lot more going on i think i'll be able to go back to those and mm-hmm. really produce them well cuz whatever i do i'd like to do it well so yeah i've got like halfway done with that album but i'd still like to do a couple other things with it
0: so do you have a favorite musician or somebody you're like really into right now
1: i really love performers so somebody who's able to get on stage and really just entrance an audience is somebody that i really aspire to be um so if you're looking at my top performers and top concerts that i've ever been to is going to be garth brooks number one celine dion number two and recently i was able to go to the justin timberlake concert and he puts on an excellent show Hmm. so those are all very different genres, once again. Mm-hmm. But the commonality between them is how they put on a show and how they engulf you into their world.
0: Yeah, I've, I'm, I feel like I'm sort of the same way, but with different genres of music. I like a very wide variety of things. Like, like I said, I, I grew up with the old Western music, but I really like electronic music. Like, My favorite performer is Owl City.
1: Okay, I love
0: Lindsay Sterling, who plays the violin.
1: Yeah, Lindsay. I love
0: Celtic music. Nice. I, I, I my my tastes are all over the place. So, who's I, your
1: favorite Celtic artist?
0: I grew up with Celtic Woman. I just okay. love that group. I love how they sound. Just they they do so many like traditional songs, and then they've even done a, a little bit of Disney sprinkled in there at times, right? Which I enjoy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cool.
0: So then, the reason that I got to know you was I found your podcast, Rotoscopers, and then eventually ended up writing for you guys. But we all talk about animated movies. So do you have a favorite animated movie?
1: I always, just as you were saying before, people like the one word answer or the one thing. So I, I've i always said that my favorite was Beauty and the Beast because I wanted to live in that castle. <laughs> um, but I, it, my my tastes for that are also quite vast, but I'll really stick with Beauty and the Beast.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's that's a popular one to be a favorite. I know a lot of people who would say the same. Do you have a favorite animated series?
1: Um, there's a lot.
0: I mean, I one, guess you already mentioned The Simpsons, but... <laughs>
1: yeah. I think some of the ones that I really, that I can really think back on and being like, yes, that was something that kind of stuck around for me was we had The Simpsons, but there was also... Like the Disney afternoon, <laughs> it, it's not a single mm. show, but it was like one of those things. They always had classy stuff on. I was like, that was my time.
0: So was that your favorite growing up? Like, did you have any other favorites, movie, TV show, cartoon, etc. Growing up?
1: Um, Gargoyles was a fun one. Oh
0: my! Nobody knows about Gargoyles. I love that show. I know. Best with that show when I was younger. <laughs>
1: gargoyles was great. And then also I'm looking at a DVD set that we have of He Man. of my good times with He-Man. Um what else? There were some others that are oh the the Spider-Man animated series, The Amazing oh, Spider-Man, yeah. that one was always a, a fun one that I liked to watch and I was very much into that.
0: Yeah, I was always more of a DC person, except for Spider Man, because of that show. I really? love that show
1: that was one thing that I really liked the, the new Spider-Man from Sony that just came out
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and one, the, the animation on it was just so cool and new, Mm -hmm. but also the fact that they were kind of bringing in the multiverse
0: was fun. It'd be kind of cool if they ended up going back to that. Like if they can cross over into other universes, maybe they'll end up back in the nineties Spider-Man sometime.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That'd be awesome. (laughs)
0: So, in kind of the same vein of what you watched growing up, what is the first movie you remember seeing in theaters?
1: The first movie I remember seeing in theaters was the re-release of 101 Dalmatians.
0: Okay. Yeah, my my family didn't really go to a whole lot of movies when I was younger, but my first one that I really remember was also a Disney movie, but it was The Princess Diaries.
1: Oh, nice. (laughs) that's Uh, a classic
0: i was a teenager before we ever started really going to the theater but for some reason there was something about those commercials on tv like we don't have any sisters in my family but all of my brothers and i really wanted to go see that
1: (laughs) (laughs) awesome (laughs) that ann hathaway though come on
0: oh yeah and then you've already mentioned beating the beast but my next question is favorite disney movie Do you have any others that are like really way up there for you?
1: Sleeping Beauty. Mm, Yeah. I think that one is one of those that's way up there for me of the classics. um, Pre-Renaissance era, I would say. And then if you're looking at uh, more of the revival era, as we like to call it. Oh, I mean, Frozen just has such a a spot in my heart that I can't deny. So
0: Mm -hmm. What do you think of the new trailer?
1: I got excited about it. I was I was glad mm-hmm. that they, they, sheer, they shied away from Olaf because of the last Olaf <laughs> short that they had. Yeah. People got so mad about it. So they're like, okay, get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> so he's there, but he's not necessarily in any of the marketing, which is good. And then mm-hmm. the fact that they show it as more of a, a mystery type film
0: yeah. is cool. I wasn't really... I don't know that I was like that into the idea of another Frozen movie until I started seeing the trailers because the trailers just feel so different from the first one. Yeah. And I, 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 don't, I didn't want another Frozen that would be like just the same thing over and over again. Right. It just really feels like a natural evolution of the story and something totally different. It just looks really good. Yeah. So then do you have a favorite Pixar movie?
1: Toy Story 2.
0: Okay, yeah, mine. Mine is probably wally but
1: okay.
0: it's it's more because probably like the artistic vision of that movie rather than the story. Because uh-huh. the story is kind of, I don't know, it's kind of basic little robots cleaning up the earth. But like, the movie is just so brilliantly made. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. It was good. <laughs>
0: And then my last two questions are on here mainly because I kind of borrowed them from you guys' fire segment. (laughs) Do you have have a favorite Disney character and then a favorite Disney princess and or prince if you like a prince better or if you like both?
1: Okay. So the favorite prince and princess, I just, you know, Sleeping Beauty, Aurora and Prince Philip together as a, Mm -hmm. as a relationship type thing. I'm like, I'm all down for that one. Um, as far as favorite Disney character? Oh, oh Mulan's pretty cool. I oh, like pulling nice. her up out of the out of the bunch.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's a lot of times she gets lumped in with the princesses, but I think she's she's good on her own. She's She is. Yeah. Okay, well, those are all my questions. We've finished talking about Sabrina, so I guess we've come to the end. Thanks for joining me for this. This is a lot of fun. Thank you. So I guess, would you like to tell people where they can find you should they desire to look into more of your music and other things that you do online?
1: Yeah, you can just go to chelsearobson.com and you can find everything that I'm working on there as well as you can, by joining on my mailing list, you'll get to see basically everything that comes up and if you're just looking for the casual view, you can check out instagram or i'm on facebook as well for sure but um instagram is probably where i post the most
0: okay and i will have links to your various things including rotoscopers because uh, you've kind of gotten back into doing some movie reviews in the past few months yeah. so if people want to find out more of your views on movies they can check that out as well
1: yeah sounds good
0: okay well if it works out i would love to have you back sometime this is a lot of fun i I always love talking about movies and if you have any other old movies or animated movies that you want to talk about, you can let me know. And I would love to have another little discussion about them.
1: Thanks, Jonathan. I appreciate the invite.
0: Thanks again to Chelsea for joining me for this episode of the I Heart podcast. I'll have links in the description for all of her projects The Rotoscopers podcast is currently on hiatus, but you can still find Chelsea reviewing new movies on the Rotoscopers YouTube channel, and she has her own channel for her music. Chelsea is an amazing singer, so I definitely recommend checking out some of her stuff. This is the final episode for June, and next month I am planning to do sort of a crossover event with my YouTube channel, continuing the series that I started there last year, Christmas in July. I will have several Christmas-themed episodes of the podcast, as well as a few videos that will be just on YouTube. So if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe. I just hit 100 subscribers this past week, so I'm pretty excited about that. So make sure to come back in a few days for that, and then the rest of the month we'll have a wide variety of guests, and we'll be covering a very wide variety of Christmas movies. I'm really excited for this series, so we'll see you next month for Christmas in July.